Good afternoon, and welcome to Books Sandwiched In. My name is Martha Gill. I'm with the Friends of the Knox County Public Library. Our reviewer is fairly recently come to Knoxville. Dawn Disler was General Manager of Operations and Maintenance for Nashville Metropolitan Transit Authority and Regional Transportation Authority. She has nearly 25 years of professional experience in the transit industry, having begun her career as a bus operator. Uh, She obtained a Bachelor of Science degree in Business Management from the University of Phoenix, graduating with honors. And I'm very eager to hear her review of Happy City today because I'm anxious to know how Knoxville can make me happier. (laughs) Dawn? Well, good afternoon, and thank you, Emily and Martha both. I appreciate the introduction. Um, Emily actually got a hold of me probably two days after they announced that I was coming to Knoxville (laughs) and said, we do this library talk. Can you come talk at the library? And I just went, okay. I said, sure, but can I get there first? (laughs) And she was very patient with me. She was very patient. She gave me a few months to get settled in and... Then she called me again and said, okay, it's time. You've had enough time. So, uh, no, I appreciate her uh, asking me to do this. And then I appreciate you all coming out. And especially, I, I, have, I actually have a lot of friends here, which is kind of cool. Thank you for coming out and supporting me. I appreciate that. Happy City by Charles Montgomery. Personally, I really like the book. Uh, uh, the book is all about how through urban design, we can become a happy city. And I know that probably sounds just a little corny, maybe, but I actually like agreed and, and liked a lot of the stuff that Charles Montgomery had to say. What, what I thought was really interesting is he, he talked about how people really want to be around other people, and actually that's what makes them happy. And we've kind of designed ourselves through, I hope there's not a lot of planners here because I'm not a planner. I probably dog out all the planners. But they said a lot of people plan themselves right out into a sprawl and they put themselves all out in the suburbs and then they just frustrated the heck out of themselves with half hour and an hour and two hour drives each way back and forth to work every day. So they had to get up before the crack of dawn, no pun intended there, to get to work. And then by the time they got to work, did all the frustrating things that go along with work, then they had to fight all the traffic to come home. And they said once they got near home, a lot of them had to just drive straight to the gym so they could work out their frustrations. And by the time they got home, their kids had already gone to bed or their, their spouses had, had already you know, curled up in front of the TV And they missed dinner, and they didn't get to spend any family time, and so they weren't very happy. The thing that is kind of neat now, though, is that what's coming back is that urban feel. I know myself, when I came here and I started looking for a house, as much as I wanted to live smack dab in downtown, my wife wouldn't let me do that. So uh, we decided we had to at least be able to drive or walk to a bus stop so that we can take the bus into the urban field. Even though we were living on the east side, we found all the time we ended up downtown on the west side. 
uh, that just seemed to be where all the fun stuff was. It was the place that, you know, you could go have a great meal. You can tell by looking at me, I love to eat. So you could go have a great meal, have a good beer or a glass of wine or something like that. And to me, it's just awesome if you can do that and take the bus to get to and from. And then you don't have to worry about any of our fine KPD officers meeting you along the way. Because <laughs> uh, they do a great job, and we don't want to make their jobs harder either. So one, the thing that really pushed me towards the book, though, was the parts about transit. Now, one of the first things I read in this book, which, like, at first I thought I'm not going to like this very much, uh, was that transit was the mode of transportation that made people least happy. I didn't like that at all. I didn't agree with him, and I didn't like it. But the way he explained it then, I, I, I did agree with him after that. Because what Mr. Montgomery said was the reason people don't like public transportation is because we have not invested as a country in public transportation. Okay? You go to Europe, you go to Asia, any of these places that have invested in their public transportation – People don't take schedules with them or anything like that because all they do is walk out the door and they know that probably in 10 minutes, 15 minutes tops, there's another vehicle coming along, whether it's a bus or even a, a cab or a, a train or whatever it might be, they don't have to wait. And that is the one thing about the United States that has been lacking now, this is my humble opinion that we're talking about here, but I, I'm a transit junkie, and I totally believe in public transportation. And I do believe that a city cannot grow and be happy without public transportation and investing in it, okay? I have a couple of my board members sitting over here, which I, I should have said, you know, introduced them. I have Lili, Liliana Barbano, who is our vice chair of our KTA board, and Renee Hoyos, who is our recent past chair of also our board, and they came out to support me, but they know how much I'm a transit junkie and how much we push for all kinds of events to say not just here's where you can park, but here's how you can get there on the bus or on the trolley. And then I've got some of my city folks over here, you know. And Christina and Katie are both really, really good. I bug them all the time. I'll get an email, and it'll say, hey, we're having this great event. And I'll send it back and go, and they can get there on the bus this way. And they'll send out another email that says, and you can get there on the bus this way. So, But everybody has been very nice to me to make my life very happy and has been very supportive of the public transportation and trying to build it up here in Knoxville. Um, Charles Montgomery also said that, let me ask you this, how many people have ever heard of Bogota, Colombia? Excellent. Everybody's heard of Bogota, right? You know that Bogota is known as the happiest city? Did you know that? It's called the happy city. And the reason it's called the happy city is because Enrique Panaluso, did I say that right? Panaluso, okay. Uh, this man became mayor, and when he became mayor, he was sure that through design he could turn Bogota into a happy city. And he did it pretty much by outlawing cars in Bogota is what he pretty much did. Uh, he, he changed it so that everybody was on an even level. Have you ever, when you walk through the city, any city, especially some of the bigger cities, you, you find that rich people live in downtown cities, and really poor people live in downtown cities. There's not an in-between. 
There, there's not that mix, that mesh, that diversity. In Bogota, what they did was they kind of put everybody on an even level, not so far as how much money you make, but as far as how you get around and, and what you do. Uh, one of the things that the mayor said was that a, a city that is successful is not a city where every individual in your city has a car. It's a city where the rich people use public transportation. I love that saying. Do you not love that saying? See, to me, I, I thought that was so cool. And, and he's right. So what he did was he made um, bike lanes that were amazing, that, you know, set bike lanes that you can't get a car over to them so people are safe when they're riding their bikes. They widened the sidewalks so that people could just walk straight on through. So what they did was, inevitably, they shrunk the street so that it was just really small for the cars. They also put in two bus lanes, and he did what I like to call, I've always said it this way, and I love that they say it this way in this book, they made buses sexy. They brought in these really cool brand-new buses. They made them really cool inside. They're not that drab, you know, everything is is just disgusting and, and that gray grime gouge stuff that they put in some of the older buses. He, he made the bus sexy, and he, he made it fun for people to get on. And what happened was then every, I think it was once a year, he also outlawed cars from coming into Bogota completely. And, and that day, the city was completely bikes, buses, and people walking. You walk down that street, and Charles Montgomery went there, and he said, everybody is happy. He said, they're actually talking to each other. And they're actually, the kids, kids ride their bikes to school, and kids are, are riding in the streets because they don't have to worry about getting hit by a car. You know, they know where the bike lanes are, so they don't have to worry about getting hit by the bus either. And everything doesn't go at a, a jackrabbit pace. It, it goes at a fairly slow pace. And he said people actually are doing things like talking to each other and having fun with each other. And it didn't matter what part of society you come from. It didn't matter if you made a million dollars a year or you only made, you know, a few thousand dollars a year. What mattered was that, that these people could all intertwine with each other. They, they could just have fun and, and interact with each other. That seemed to make people happy. Charles Montgomery also had a, a lot of different places that he went and did experiments in with, with other folks. And one of the things that they did was in New York City, they went to the uh, Guggenheim Art Museum. They sat down on the side of the street, and then one of them would get up. And I've, you've probably seen this on YouTube before. I know I've seen it many times. And they would hold up a sign that said, free hugs. Have you guys seen that on YouTube? People would actually walk up and hug you. And it's funny because... People that were like looking like they lost their best friend or, or like they were mad at the world, they would just stop and look at them, and they'd smile, and then all of a sudden they would hug them. And the people would walk away, and they were going, we actually, that was cool. It made me feel better, you know. Somebody wanted to hug me. Somebody was happy. Well, they, they did this one, and then they did, a, they did another one where they actually, it was in Chicago, and it was over in one of the more run-down areas of the city. 
and they actually had one part of this rundown area where they planted grass and, and trees and things like that. And then they had the other part that was all concrete, just like you see in, in any type of you know housing that's more low-income housing. And they sat there for days watching people. And there would be like a couple of people walking over here on the, con- the concrete part. But over here, mothers brought out baskets of peas and were shelling them in the park from their apartments. And they were, their kids were playing and folks were walking through and there was music. And they said the people over here would bump into each other and say, oh, excuse me, the people over here would bump into each other and then beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> I mean, and it, it's just the, the difference of how, depending on how you're going to design your city and what you want it to look at, that's the way people react to that design. And then that's how folks get happier. Well, like I said, the, the transit part of it is the one that I really like, okay? And he, he talks about how we need to invest more in our transit system, and we, it costs money. Transit systems don't make money. They really don't. But they help cities to make money. They actually get people where they're going. You don't have to build parking garages and, and use very valuable land to put parking lots in and things like this. You have bike racks on the front of buses so that people can bike if they're a little bit further away than, than where they could walk to a bus stop. They might be able to bike to a bus stop and then take the buses in. The thing is, the buses have to look sexy. They have to be appealing to people. They've they, they got to have friendly bus operators, okay? And they, they just have to come more often. People can't sit around for an hour waiting on a bus. We're, not, we're just not a culture that likes to wait. If you build up the culture and you build up the, the transit system so that people are on that bus, now you have a whole bunch of people on the bus. Well, one of the things that I have heard here in Knoxville that I'm trying really hard to dispel this rumor is that only homeless people, people who, who have disabilities, and, and just people who are crazy ride the bus. And that is such a misconception because I can tell you right now that I'm only one of those things, which is crazy, (laughs) and I ride the bus all the time. (laughs) I enjoy riding the bus. I talk to some of the greatest people on the bus, and I've carried on conversations with homeless people. I've carried on conversations with with people who work at UT. Um, I've carried on conversations with my board members on the buses. I've carried on conversations with the mayor on the bus. The deputy, both deputy mayors live downtown, and they ride the buses now. They ride the trolleys quite often to go over to, like, to University Commons or, you know, just down, down to get a drink or whatever and enjoy their evening. It's fun. You get to know people, and it makes you happier. Okay? I'm going to stop talking now. Does anybody have any questions? Because I could talk about the book all day long, but you don't want to hear me. I'm going to let this lady back behind you go first. Uh, this morning, a friend of mine was at the bus stop, and she missed her bus. She went back home, and she called me and said, are, are you leaving for work yet? <laughs> and I said, no, I'll come get you. I said, but it, by the time I come get you, another bus might have already come by. And she said, well, it was cold. The wind was whipping around her neck. So I took her to work. But I thought bus shelters help people to be willing to ride the bus, something that knocks off the wind or the mm-hmm. rain. And um, you've probably already addressed this, but the buses are equipped with bike racks on the front. 
So just wanted to throw that out there. No, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, every vehicle that's on a fixed route system has a bike rack on the front of it. It's what's called a dual bike rack, so you can have two spaces, two different bikes on there at one time. Um, and I totally agree with you on the shelters. And we actually do, well, we're devising actually right now a plan to increase the number of shelters that are in Knoxville. The issue that goes along with that is I also have to come up with a really good plan on their upkeep. Because right now what I have is I have two maintenance guys who should be fixing buses that go out at night and clean and and fix shelters. And so um, we are working on that right now. Actually, we're deciding what's the best way to go. And But I don't want to put out a bunch of shelters before I can actually uh, maintain them because that wouldn't be good either. I I don't want to put stuff out there and then have it look bad. If you ever talk to my staff, you can ask them. I drive them nuts because when I'm on the bus going through, I'm texting them going, hey, this bus stop sign is turned, you know, it needs to be turned back the way it's supposed to be, or or somebody put up a poster in one of our shelters, we need to take that down. So um, I drive them crazy. So i got to make sure that I've got a good plan for maintaining them also. And I've heard council members say um, we don't want to lose the parking decks downtown. We lose revenue and all that. But if there was enlightenment for someone like yourself, then indeed – well, the more transit, then the less you need the parking decks, and the transit brings in the revenue that you, I don't know how it comes out even, but, and if they could put yeah. the money into the transit system instead of the parking decks, would be great. I'm all for that. You can come to the next council meeting okay. with me. <laughs> Don, could you explain how a bus shelter is identified and the process for putting up a shelter? I'm not sure folks really know. Sure, absolutely. At this point in time, of course, you can't put a bus shelter where there's every stop because there are quite a few. We, we have hundreds of stops in the system, and there would not be enough room sometimes to put shelters at each one. So we pick areas that have the most people. The high-volume areas, um, also the the areas that we say have a lot of generators, you'll notice that there's a bus stop uh, shelter right outside Critch Park here for uh, on Gay Street. There's one there um, because that's highly used. There's a lot of folks that use that spot right there. We also have what we call super stops. We're putting them northeast, west, and south right now is what we're working on. Uh, we have one out north, which is um, out in Fountain City, and this has two, three, sometimes four buses that all come together. So it's kind of like a little mini hub. So we get more people at this one spot, and then you'll see two, three, or four shelters at that spot because we have more people that are standing there. Yes, ma'am. Um, I love your ideas for transit in Knoxville. I got to live in a big European city for a year in college and loved not having a car. It was a burden to have a car, and I didn't have one. But... The transit system was everything there. Realistically, what is I mean, we, you know, it was thrilling to see the schedule go down to every half hour, you know, but obviously that's not quite enough to generate regular riders, and I don't think that was sustainable, was it? Um, well, actually, right now we have um, what we consider four core routes. Uh, And those routes during what's called peak time, which would be, you know, your time when people are going to work in the morning and time when people are going home in the evening. Uh, During those peak times, those buses actually run every 15 minutes. Um, And and I have to give kudos to the leadership before me. Since they put that in place, we have seen uh, nothing but ridership increases since then. Uh, We're sitting at about 3 million rides a year. 
right now. And we have um, gone up the last two years for sure. I don't know about the third year yet. But we've gone up the last two years in ridership. So ridership is increasing. There are more people riding, and there are more people riding more often. We did a, a survey, and we found, and I'm going to try and remember what this percentage was, uh, 35% of the riders that we have are what we consider new riders, and these are people who have been riding the bus two years or less. That's a big chunk. 35% is a big chunk. We call them choice riders, not because they're the choice people, because they make the choice to leave their car, sit at home, and ride the bus. And we, we're starting to see that number start to rise, which is what I really like, people choosing to ride the bus. You know, I don't ride the bus every day. I mean, there are times when I have to be somewhere right after work, or I won't lie to you, every once in a while I just don't get up in time and catch the bus so I can get there on time. But I ride probably three, sometimes four times a week. And when I don't, I find when I don't ride the bus, I actually miss it. And I mean, I, and I get real frustrated with people. I, I don't get frustrated with traffic. I come from Nashville the last 10 years. So you guys don't have traffic compared to Nashville. However, the craziness of the people who drive, if you don't drive like me, you're just, you just don't drive well. So, you know, you drive, and you drive me nuts then. So I don't like that. Tell us your future, the future of CAT. Sure. What, well, what I'm hoping the future of CAT is, is that we continue to grow public transportation here, that we look at, at different routes. And what we're doing right now is we're trying to put together a, a, a vision, like a five-year vision that says this is where we'd like to see the bus in five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now. Um, of course, more frequency is a big thing. Uh, but also running the buses later at night. If we're going to get choice riders and we're going to get people to to use our public transportation and not clog the streets with cars and things like that, we have to pr provide service when people want it. And one of the first things I didn't understand when I got here was that the trolleys don't run on the holidays. Well, the holidays is when you have all these great people out there that want to ride around your city. So I I'm going to be working on running the trolleys more often. We're also looking at running the trolleys in, in a different place. I'm not sure that the route structure is quite exactly where it should be. I think it was five years ago, four years ago when they did this, but I think it's changed a little bit. I know that, like, uh, what's it called, Old City and Happy Holler are places that are up and coming, and we need to get some transit that is the trolley part over there. Now, the trolley's run by an ordinance, so you can only go so far, but... You can. I still think there's different ways for us to run the trolleys in different places. I'd like to run the buses later at night. You know, people need to be able to go to a movie or go to a show or go to dinner and not have to worry that the bus stopped running at 6:15. Yeah, Sundays, Sundays are a big one too. We really only have six six routes that run on Sundays. So, where are the 4:15 minute routes? Sure, it's our Magnolia route, our Broadway route our Kingston Pike route, and our Chapman Highway. So it's kind of northeast, west, and south. I spent a year with most of my travels on the bus just out of curiosity and to try to get a grasp on what transit was like here in Knoxville and, like you said, where it's going. big thing that I noticed in my year of riding, frustrations came out of the people that travel from the east part of town that are going west for work, because that's where all the work's at. But then 
they're stressed at the end of the day. They get to the bus. They don't get back to the main hub in time to do a transfer. So they have to wait another half hour before mm -hmm. they can get another transfer to their house. Is that something you're going to try to work on? Absolutely. We are going to try and work on that. One of the things that will help that, first of all, is frequency. If you have buses that are running every 15 minutes, then nobody really gets real upset about waiting 15 minutes for something. They do, like you say, waiting 30 minutes or an hour for a bus. Yeah, that, that gets a little much. Um, so frequency is a big thing there. Uh, the other thing in, in, in my mind, the, the perfect happy city, um, has bus lanes. Uh, you, you don't have to run a bus lane on every single route that you have, but I think your core routes should have bus lanes. Or you have express routes that don't stop quite as often. Uh, if you'll notice when you go out here, you probably can see on a, on a regular bus line, you probably have about every three-quarters of a mile to a mile, you, you have a bus stop. Some even closer. Some are like every block, depending on how busy that route is. You know what's really funny is if I never picked anybody up or stopped, I could run every bus on time all the time. But that's not the business. The business is picking people up. So, you know, when I, when I came on, we actually had a saying, an empty bus was a happy bus, okay? Okay, an empty bus is only a happy bus if somebody doesn't mind paying for a bus that doesn't do anything. So when you get into the management part of it, that's not a happy bus anymore. But you go to... Um, to bus lanes or, like I said, express stops where a bus might start out at Broadway in Fountain City and come down, that bus, it might take you a half an hour longer than it would to, to drive in your car. Well, that's just, that, that's kind of unacceptable. That, that's not good. Why would you get in a bus if you can drive it, okay? So if you're only stopping like let's say maybe a half a dozen times from Fountain City all the way to downtown, the bus is going to go quicker. And if it can go quicker and it can get you downtown faster, then people might get on a bus more often if it only took them 10 minutes longer than their drive because they're saving all kinds of money in, in gas and oil. And some people give up their cars completely, and they're saving all kinds of money, insurance and everything else then also. There's also an idea out there that we've kind of been pushing with um, TDOT, and that's to, if you're going to take your express buses on the highway, to let buses go down the berm of the roads, then everybody who's sitting still on the expressway, they see these buses passing them. That's another way to get more people on your buses. Yeah. If people look up and go, oh, crap. You know, uh, but, but if people are on the bus going, Oh crap! <laughs> you know that—that's not as good. So we're we're gonna we're gonna try and work on those things too. The Metropolitan Planning Commission periodically reviews each sector plan in the city. They're currently getting ready to review the Northwest Sector Plan, and if any of these occur, any of these reviews occur where you live, go to the sector plan meeting and ask the question. Well, how about public transit? Uh, now, my, my question really is that I tried the, the system out. I live in Farragut, so I drove to Walmart at Walker Springs Road and at the Superstop and got on the bus there and rode to a lecture at the Baker Center where there's no parking. But I wondered if the, the Superstop is showing an increase in passenger boardings since it's been put in compared to the routes before. 
I couldn't say 100% for sure if that stop specifically has seen a big increase. I can tell you that the route that comes through there, the Kingston Pike route, just, just keeps growing. I mean, that bus is always full. E- even during the middle of the day, that bus is full. Broadway's a lot like that also. Magnolia is a lot like that also. We're going to get to a point, I think, where you're going to see people standing on buses. I, I, that's how fast it's growing. And, and I do think that, that you'll see that in the next five years, if I'm doing my job right, which hopefully I am, and I'm getting the right support, which I think I will, I really think that you're going to see a couple of different things here, possibly. We'll either have to go to, we'll push people to go to a more frequent service because we'll have to put more buses out there, or we may um, have to look at what are called articulated buses, which are 60-foot-long buses that have a, an accordion in the middle. So then they bend. And the only problem you have is you can only use buses like that really on, on your core routes that are kind of straight on. So that's probably one of the things that we'll look at as we continue to grow. The mayor is very supportive of public transportation. She really is. From day one when I got here, she's just been, okay, what do you want? What do you want to see? I mean, that's kind of cool. Uh, but when I was in the in the uh, interview process. They told me I could ask any question I wanted. So the one question I asked was, do you plan on growing public transportation or do you think this is it? You know, is what you have what you want and you're happy with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But do you want status quo? I said, because if you want status quo, I'm not your person. And I'd rather not waste your time or mine because I'm the type of person that likes to keep moving and keep growing and just make things bigger and better and see how good we can get. And she looked me square in the eye and she said, I do not have a status quo administration. And she's right. I have found only that, that she has supported every all my ideas. And she, But I, don't get me wrong. She supports them within a budget and within, you know, all that good stuff. I mean, she, you know, sometimes she has to reel me in and go, okay, no, we can't do that yet. But um, yet is usually her operative word. I mean, she, she wants to see it grow also and she believes in it. I have a friend in Nashville uh, named Miles Maley. I call him a charismaniac. He does these wonderful, happy, crazy paintings. And he painted one of the city buses in Nashville. And he covered it with these dancing people and polka dots and all these brilliant colors and stuff. And I have seen that bus come driving by, and it's just a joy to see. Mm-hmm. What if we just painted a big grin on the front of every bus? I mean, think what that would do to make those buses look happy and to raise the profile of public transportation and to make our city look like a happy city. I I like people who don't just think outside the box. I like people who throw the box away. And to me, that's throwing the box away. Uh, Of course, I I know that they just rebranded the buses at the same time that they changed... Uh, the frequency of them. I think you guys went through a rebranding process. That, isn't that when you painted the buses? So, hey, maybe it's time to think about rebranding again. You never know. Maybe we'll do it with a happy face. What can we do to help you publicize public transportation or help you in general? Sure, absolutely. The first thing you can do is ride the bus. That's the first thing. The second thing, yes, to help us promote the bus, we would love to know about any events that you're having. Go on our website. We have our website. We have a Facebook page. Um, we have a Twitter account. Any of those things or call our customer service department. 
and they can help you. If you don't know what bus might go by, whatever event you're having, let us know. One of the things that we're doing right now is we're working with Karen back here in the back for the home tour. She, Karen came to us and says, we'd like to use, tell people to use the trolleys to go on the home tour. I mean, she didn't ask us to provide something special or anything. We want to use what's out there already. So one of the things that we've done is we sat down and talked to her. We saw what she wanted to do. Um, the Knoxville Station is going to be one of the check-in points for the home tour. Uh, you can park at the Coliseum and just walk right over to Knoxville Station, check in there. Uh, the other thing is I think, I think we did help to develop the map for you, didn't we, Karen? Thank you. Ma'am? All these uh, ideas and um, innovations sound great. Now, one of the problems where I live, this, there's no sidewalks on Kingston Pike. Mm-hmm. And like I, on Middlebrook Pike, you know, you take your life in your hand to cross the street to get on, on the bus. I love to ride the bus. I'm from Baltimore. I, used to, I never had a car until I moved here. Uh, you don't build sidewalks, but you know people that do, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now, first of all, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. I just, I just bought a house off of Middlebrook Pike. So you and I will go walking together and take our lives into our own hands to get to the bus. You're exactly right. And I will tell you this. The engineering department for Knoxville, uh, the director, Jim Hagerman, and I work very closely together. And we actually have meetings with the engineering department, and we sit down and go, okay, what are some of the barriers that you that we see for people getting to the bus? Because that's a big thing. You know, you can have great bus service, but if you can't get people to the bus service, that's not going to get people on your buses. We also help with funding to get it there. Sometimes Jim has enough money to pay for sidewalk from here to here and not enough to go all the way to here. And so we come up with federal funding also, and then we can put it in Jim's bank, and Jim can finish the sidewalk from here to here. Now, I will tell you this. Jim has a big plan for putting in more sidewalks and things like that. It's just a matter of time. It's a long process that you have to go through. There's always a lot of red tape to things. And, uh, but I do know that putting sidewalks in is one of the city's main goals, and I know that Jim's working hard on that. And we're going to continue to work with him to help him with that. Uh, one day last August, I was captured in the downtown traffic jam where there were lots more cars than there were room for cars to drive on. Is it possible to do bus transportation from the town, the city's parking lots and keep cars out of downtown? And that you could help a lot with that. That's actually something we've been talking to the uh just about three weeks ago or so, we had a meeting with the special events committee as well as the police department about just doing that, leaving something open where the trolleys or the buses can get down through to the events and let us bring the people to you rather than the people bringing themselves to you. So it's a plan that's in the works. Something that would help with that, you know, I I can be shameless sometimes, I suppose, if I speak out of turn, somebody later will let me know. But uh, the city has uh, 311. That's not just a place to complain. Um, Seriously, I mean, Russ does a really good job with that. That is a great department. They do amazing work. But that's also where you give them your ideas. So please don't hesitate to call them and let them know that, hey, we would like for there to be 
more bus service or bus service to special events? Can they leave something open? You know, even if it's just one lane, we can figure out how to route vehicles to get them through events rather than shut down every single street in the city. Let there be something that that's one lane that takes buses through because actually it kind of works better if, if you only have it going in one way. People know, okay, well, I can get on the bus here, here, and here throughout the event, and these are the spots that I can jump on right here and take the bus out of the event or into the event, and I don't have to worry about bringing my car all the way down and into stuff. But please, I mean, use 311 to make your suggestions also. Uh, hey, Donna, I'd just like to say I'm super like impressed with the work you guys are doing with the Broadway Task Force and Maggie Davidson with the Artistic Bus Stops. And then also, is there any chance you guys can integrate your data into Google Transit so that you can, it's a little bit easier to navigate? Yes, absolutely. One of the first things that I saw before I even got here was that we're not on Google Transit, and that just floored me. So we actually are in a process right now of buying the right exporter tool so that we can pull the information out, put it out there for Google to grab. I'm working with our IS department right now who's doing a great job. I'm hoping we get on Google Transit by summer. And then I'm hoping that we can then expand that and get some, you know, real live information applications and stuff out there too. My idea is just to open it up. I'd like to make it an open source application like they're doing in in Oregon and and they're doing in Louisville and Chicago and Boston and let all the folks that are techie and, and savvy with that, they know how to program and things. And you guys can write your own apps. So that's what we're moving towards. That's a little further out, but I am hoping that Google Transit is right around the corner. About a year and a half ago, the city of Farragut decided not to continue their contribution towards having that express line from here to Farragut and back during, I think it was only running during peak hours. Mm -hmm. Is there any chance that that can be revived? There's always a chance. Uh, The big thing with any type of service that goes outside of the city of Knoxville, people have got to be willing to put skin in the game. That's the best way to put it. Uh, if Farragut would like to see some bus service, then Farragut has to be willing to pony up some money to help with that. They don't have to have the whole cost of it. I mean, you know, it, it serves Knoxville also. But to help defray the cost of it, um, I'd like to run at some point. I mean, in Nashville, we had a regional transit authority as well as, you know, the regular transit authority. So I would love to see us, you know, expand that here in Eastern Tennessee at some time, but other people are going to have to help pay for it. Related to that, what about train lines like they have in Nashville? You know, Knoxville's kind of small for for a train. I'm not saying that 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 wouldn't work or couldn't be a good idea, but I don't see that in anywhere in the immediate future for Knoxville because it is it is kind of a smaller area, and you don't have the same problems with. Um, the traffic and, and things like that. Yeah, in, in Nashville, they actually started up the uh, Music City Star, and I don't know if you know this, but that was the cheapest startup of a commuter train in the country. And that's because they actually were able to make a deal with CSX on the tracks, and then the, the folks who own other parts of the tracks, I think it's the Eastern Railroad, they actually own part of those tracks, and they wanted to be part of the process. So that kind of just all fell into place really cool. People worked hard on it, but it, it all the right pieces to the puzzle came together, so that helped. 
How do you think that uh, automated vehicles are going to play into the future of transportation here in Knoxville? Uh, well, I mean, right now we actually already have AVL on a good part of our system. AVL is automatic vehicle locators. It's so that you can actually, like, take your smartphone or something like that, and you could go with an app that somebody designs, and you could not only see what time the bus is supposed to be there, but you can see where the bus is and how long it should be before it gets to you. The problem that we have right now with our AVL system is that it's already a little outdated, so we're, we're working very hard to keep it running right now, and then my group is also working on putting together some other funding sources so that we could possibly look for another AVL system that, that's a l little more up-to-date. But I, I definitely see that as the future. We'll definitely want that to make sure that we have the transit apps and things that we talked about. Thank you so much for bringing your expertise, your enthusiasm, and your sense of humor <laughs> to Knoxville. I'm happier already. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Book Sandwiched In, a lunchtime book discussion series sponsored by Knox County Public Library in Knoxville, Tennessee. To find other podcasts, please visit our website at knoxlib.org.